It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. Elliot, I'm back from vacation. You're leaving on vacation. I am. I am for a few days. So I unfortunately will not be on the radio show on Saturday. But I was thinking about this actually. I think this will be the last Saturday until the end of the season, pretty much, where we don't do the sh- show together. And I don't think either well, of us will miss that's a pod. Ve- very, very, very incorrect. We will not miss pods, but I will be off. Oh, yes, this is incorrect. I will be off two Saturdays, actually, July 30th and August 14th. So, other than that, that. though, so so essentially, yes, if we're really going to do it, so you're going to miss this Saturday, then I am missing those two Saturdays, then that's it. As far as I know. Then that's it. That's it. So from August 20th on, every single Saturday through the end of the football season. That means football's back. Yeah, buddy. We're two weeks from training camp, Elliot. Two weeks. Yes, today. we are. Two weeks from today. Right? How about I that? Believe. Are you like? Yeah. Are you just beyond giddy? Well, I mean, look, I tweeted this, and I feel like we start every pod with me saying how excited I am for training camp because it's just the truth. Like I am super excited about it, but joint training camp practices are like my happy place. Like that is like I they're 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 better than games to me. I'd rather go to a joint training camp practice than a game. I just think they're. You're, you're close. You get to watch them up close in person. I track the stats. It's extremely competitive. So we'll talk about it when we get to talking about the Eagles' decision to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'm super pumped they decided to. I'm guessing that would not be a common take. I think that you're no. one of the few who'd rather go to a joint training game practice than, a, than an actual game or care well, more just, about you know, such things. They're than different. Actually, yes, they're different. yes. I will say myself I care more about the games personally, but I get it. I get it. I, and, and I understand why you would care about the games. I understand <laughs> it makes that sense. Well. A little bit of sense. You yeah, know? A, little, a little bit of sense. You know? yeah. um, all right. And uh, by the way, I'm not going to say anything about maybe your house getting robbed while you're on vacation like no. you did to me. No. Won't put that in your head. Yeah, no one, no one robbed me. Um, so <laughs> I was at the uh, Yes, I a don't rob things. Elliot, please. <laughs> yeah, a, a few quick things. So one... Shout out to your neighbor who I met at High Hopes Night. Yes. Who also is a friend of the uh, neighbor the, Dan. Neighbor Dan yeah. said, went up to Elliot and said, Hey, guess what? You're not the only one who's afraid. Right. About that? Uh, understandably. And then, of course, I don't know if you saw this, but a section, I think it's like uh, not Northeast Philly specifically, but like, uh, but like the Cheltenham area and like Bristol, PA, got like eight inches of rain. Like eight to nine inches of rain up there. So just everyone, if, if you're listening to this pod and you live out there, just know you're in my thoughts and prayers. Yeah, well, I hope do, everything is working speaking out. Speaking okay. of weather, do we want to let everyone know the, the type of person you finally became? Oh, God, do we have to do this? Yeah, are you, uh, Elliot, are you the type of person who tweets at weather people on Twitter? Oh, just, you know, <laughs> I felt like... The so good. Oh, what are you thinking yeah. about Westchester? Um, in Westchester, a little nervous about this. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Oh, no. <laughs> so the funniest part is I have this new weather guy I follow. I'll look up his name while I'm telling the story because you guys should follow him too. Yes. And uh, 
it's just it's super interesting to me. He like explains what's going on. He like talks about the different weather patterns. So it's at at Philly WX. So I would highly recommend him. But I've been following him for a few weeks and I've wanted to tweet at him a few times. And then last night I was like, just you know what? Like F it. I'm doing it. So I tweeted <laughs> Ask what he thought the storm was gonna be, and I was uh, I would turn to Chris and I was like, he's not gonna tweet me back. Like it's just not he's, going. He's to. way too and, cool and famous to tweet me back. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's just too popular. And so he did te- he did tweet me back, and it was a highlight moment. And he was right. He said we wouldn't get much rain Nailed in Westchester it. if we didn't. So this yeah, exciting was, stuff. Uh, uh, I, I'm happy yeah. that you finally crossed the line and just said, you know what, I'm gonna lean into just this. Embrace with, it. With that, yeah, lean it. into it with everything you got. It's who you are, buddy. You know. Um, I do. I, re- have two I respect quick shout it. Outs, I respect it. Ooh, shout outs. I love a good shout out. Yeah. All right. So first shout out, uh, I was at the, uh, I was in a wedding this past weekend, the client's wedding. The photographer at the wedding was a Go Birds listener. Oh, so super appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is that the person was... who tweeted the video of you dancing? Same person or not? Cause that was pretty amazing too. Yeah, that wasn't really me dancing. Thank God there's yeah, no was actual you like, videos. It, so it was like the when you're at a wedding and you know they do the intros and coming up next, you know that whole thing like, hey, right. the groomsman yep. Elliot Sherbergs. It was one of those like <laughs> intro type of things, and you crushed it. I yes. mean, you look super cool. Let's be honest. I tried. I tried. Well, pretty it was funny, funny though. Was I was like, not expecting was like, a tweet like that. I was not expecting a tweet from the wedding. He, uh, the guy, the DJ person asked me, he was like, so do you want me to introduce you as Elliot Shore Parks or ESP? And I'm like, buddy, today I'm just Elliot. <laughs> like this is today, you know, today's, today's not about me. Like this is about the Kleins. No, yes. I'm just kidding. Yes. But, but it was a lot of fun. And then we, I ran into another pod listener actually. Wow. Now that it's opening back up, I'm like running into these people left and right. Uh, out in Kennett Square at this place called the Creamery. I ran into him uh, and he was, he was super nice. So I always love if you uh, if you happen to see me or James out, I, I love to talk to pod listeners. So really appreciate it. Oh my god, it, it literally will make our day if you come up to us and always. say we love it. it and literally it makes cool in front of Kristen, which is really what it's all yes. about. Yes, uh, Emily likes to make fun of me when it happens, so it goes the other way. You know. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Emily's like, oh, you look know. at you, Mr. Radio Guy. Dif- Mr. Different Podcast strokes for different folks. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. We appreciate it. Do it in front of Emily. Next time you do it, if you see me and Emily come up, here's what you should do. Like, excuse me, are you Emily Seltzer? And yes, then, yes, that's yeah, what you right. Have to do. See, that's the move. Yes, and you know what? Actually, if you're a podcast listener, this this is this is brilliant, James. From now on, if you recognize me or James, go up and be like, "Are you Kristen?" Yes, to, to mine, and then you go up to Emily. Yeah, yeah that, like that, that would be hysterical. It would be. It really would be great. So You'd the be first so freaked out. Yeah, be amazing. The first person to do that. Anyone who does that, you are our heroes, and we will definitely yes. talk about it on the podcast, that's for sure. Now you just got to find us. It's like, where's Waldo? Right? Right, exactly. Well, James will be tougher to find, you know, because I'm, yeah. Well, actually, you're, you're in the out city, those so streets, Elliot. Elliot's out in those yeah, streets. I'm out a little bit more, yeah. yeah so, uh, I like it. All right, let's talk some vehicles. Later, I want to have some more fun. But, um, all right, let's get to, uh, look, uh, you know, as we've kind of a theme of our podcast each week is, oh, you know, after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of too much to talk about and seemingly uh, nauseatingly too much to talk about, last few weeks been a little light, Elliot, but we are getting close. We're getting close. So, so I want to bounce around a little bit today, a few different topics as we kind of lead up and then training camp, we can breathe and finally really talk Eagles. But I think the yes. biggest news right now going around, uh, Michael Robinson on the NFL Network, of course, uh, a lot of people remember Michael Robinson from Penn State, played for the Seahawks, played for the Niners, I believe. Um, fullback in the NFL, quarterback in college. Uh, now, very good job on the NFL Network. And I was talking on a show yesterday, and uh, Nick Sirianni catching a little shrapnel. Mm. I thought we were past this, Elliot. I thought we were past the high school hairy stuff, this and that. But Michael Robinson out in these streets here, and uh-oh, I'm hearing from some players. They don't think this guy's got a handle. They don't think this guy's going to be able to do it. What did you make of what Michael Robinson had to say and about what it means for this Eagles team? Yeah, so I have the uh, direct quote Please, here because yes. I, I posted it. That would be Posted good. on Instagram, which I'm just dominating now. Shout out to everyone that's followed me. But, all right, <laughs> it is. I'm not going to say any names, but I know some guys in the locker room who questioned this guy, and they questioned if he can truly lead this team. Now, I haven't spoken to Michael Robinson, so I don't know what the context of this is. He didn't really elaborate it on the show. Maybe now that it's becoming a story, he will elaborate on it more. Um, I'd be interested to know a couple of things about this quote. 
like when did the players tell him this? Was it prior to him being, you know, like when he was hired, but they hadn't met him yet? Was it after the introductory press conference? Was it after the first time they met him? Like, was it yesterday? Because if it was yesterday or, you know, within the last week or two weeks or whatever, yeah, I, then I think it is noteworthy, right? But if it was when he was first hired, well, then I would think every single player felt that way. And I would think every single fan felt that way. And I would think the majority of media members felt that way. And honestly, I think it's still fair to feel that way. Nick Sirianni is a rookie head coach that's never called plays that, you know, is new to this, right? So I think even the biggest Nick Sirianni guys, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would say we're we're pretty close to Sirianni guys, right? Like I think we're we're in the Sirianni camp of we believe in him. Doesn't mean he'll be a great head coach for sure, but I think we we are optimistic about him. Uh, even we, I think, have a healthy amount of skepticism because mm-hmm. you just don't know. So uh, what I would like to know about the quotes is, are these players that have seen things from him and they're like, whoa, like, that's not great? Or is this just kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's a rookie head coach. We'll see type of thing. So I don't really know what read to get on. What, what did you have? I think you hit on the key thing. I, I think the number one thing, which we just don't know the answer to right now, is when did he hear these things? Because, again, I bet you there were a lot of players in that locker room after that first press conference, the whole, you know, national joke that Nick Sirianni was at first. I'm sure there were a lot of people in that locker room being like, this guy? This is the guy? This is our head guy? Really? That dude? He's it? So uh, if it was back then or in any time generally in that range, then... Yeah, I, I, I think it's a completely different thing than if they're saying it now after being with Sirianni, after getting to know this guy, after seeing how he runs practices, even though they're not, you know, real practices, more walkthrough teaching type stuff. But after seeing how True, this guy they're, handles their practices, yeah, though, after mean. seeing how this guy handles the team, if they're saying it now, then yeah, that's concerning. And look, you never know which players say what and all that, but. If he, if people were saying it after those first press conferences, after they get to know him, or excuse me, before those first press conferences, before they get to know him, then I put no stock, like literally zero stock in it. So it really is a a massive difference in terms of what it means and the implications of it. So let's just say, I think we both agree, if it was said after that first press conference, before they got to know him, we don't care at all. Let's take it at face value and say he's talking to players now because he did go on the air yesterday right. and say this. Let's say that there are players in the locker room who are saying that now, the last few days, the last week, whatever. How concerning is that for you? Yeah, I mean, it's concerning. And I think it would it would depend on who because I remember when the whole Chip Kelly thing was going down and the whole I don't I don't want to call it a narrative because I guess it was true, but like the whole idea that the locker room hated Chip Kelly. I can tell you for a fact that you could walk in that locker room and find players that really like Chip Kelly. And and not just, you know, two or three guys, like a lot of players, right? So, but the reality is the leaders of the team didn't like Chip Kelly and the leaders of the team really mattered. So I, I think this is an issue. If, if it's true that some players in the locker room have interacted with him multiple times and are like, uh, like that's obviously not good. Even as someone that's been optimistic about the team this offseason, like that is bad. It is definitely bad if players in that locker room are questioning him. But I think it's very important who it is. And like the lead, the the key guys that have talked about him have been very complimentary of him. Um, and I think the fact that the leadership council met with Sirianni and agreed to like a reduced OTA or an extended OTA session, but then no mini mandatory mini camps. I think that speaks volumes about how their actual interactions with him have gone. Uh, but yeah, if, if Michael Robinson is speaking to players that matter, you know, like, I don't. I don't want to speculate on names. So I'm just throwing out. Let's say just players, starters you know? or yeah, like, veterans who've been here for a while. You know, whoever, yeah, Fletcher right? like, Cox like, or have... people. Yeah. Lane Johnson. The the opinions that matter. Right. The opinions. And of, if it were, by the way, the real lock. quick, if it was Lane, and I know that you're never gonna say anything. You know, what you say publicly is different know, than privately. So but can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, Mister Positivity about Nick Sirianni, if he were behind closed doors, that'd be a real problem. Right. Well, well, let me ask you this, though. Like, how bad is having skepticism? Well, it's a great question. And, and I would venture to say that to your point about Chip Kelly and a lot of new coaches, particularly new coaches who come in without a, a strong resume as a head coach, I think there's going to be players in every single locker room in any city, any team in the country where you're going to have dissenters. You're going to have guys who are like, this guy, he doesn't know anything. How I, you know, I think that's an automatic across the board. So, like, it's a question, like we said, when the player said it, but also who's saying it and how many are saying it. 
if it's yeah. two players, it's a lot different than 10 players. And I tend to think it's probably more likely a couple players than a lot of players. Just because, yeah, you know, I would be surprised if Michael Robinson has connections with Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. I, I think that's an important thing, too, right? Uh, so there's a lot of different factors on the face. And I think you made some good points, look, before, because we have turned on Sirianni. We both initially were like, uh-oh. And we've we've grown yeah. we've grown with this guy and kind of you know seen the way he is and and heard more about him and heard his philosophy on on not just coaching but really the world and the way teaching and all these type of things that matter to him and and the competitiveness and all of it and some of it comes off hokey and some of it comes off as as really smart and it's it, you know I think we've had our own issues trying to figure out who is this guy what is he going to be what type of coach he's going to be. We don't know. You know what? All we're mm-hmm. doing is going off what we have to go off of. And I think the biggest thing that we keep coming back to, and I think it's you know kind of a part of what we're talking about, is that is that we we are rooting for Nick Sirianni as much as we believe in Nick Sirianni, right? Like we want yeah. this guy to succeed more than anything. But but all we have to go off of is is things he said, the few things we've seen. Like so. Honestly, no one knows. No one knows. There's no one on the planet who can say Nick Sirianni is definitely going to be a good coach or a bad coach. You can guess. You can make informed decisions. But we don't know. He's literally never been a head coach in an NFL game before in his life. So, or any game yeah. for that matter. And when you talk, like, we talk about other head coaches that have been here. Chip Kelly, to me, is just a perfect example of how as long as you're winning, nothing matters. And the second you're not, like, that's it. Because you figure Chip, it, w- with Sirianni, a big um, question was, can he relate to NFL players? Remember the introductory press conference? Like, these guys are going to laugh at him, all those things, right? But then, you know, the more you hear him talk and the more you kind of get to know him, at least through press conferences or whatever, you remember, like, this guy has been around NFL players since 2009. He's been in all types of different rooms. He's been in receivers room, quarterback rooms. He's led the offensive meetings, all those things. So he's interacted with all types of different players that he does know what an NFL player is like. Whereas Chip, Chip came in in 2013, never coached in the NFL, right? Was, you know, we call, we jokingly called Nick Sirianni like Harry High School. I mean, Chip was like the college coach to the max, right? I mean, he came in here, was like, ran like a college program. And when they won 20 games the first two years, it was all good, right? Like it was, wow, this guy's a genius. Like look at these different methods and they're working and all that. And then when they got bad, it was, oh, we've actually hated him this entire time. It was just that he was winning, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think with, with Sirianni, and the reason I asked you whether skepticism is a concern is because I think that you can like somebody and still be like have skepticism, right? Totally. Like you, you can like somebody and say, you know, I really like hanging out and talking with this guy. Like I don't, I don't know if he can coach, but I like him, right? And I think the reason that first part really matters is because if Sirianni can coach, That'll be it. Like, that's what will decide whether or not players like Sirianni. It's if he can coach. It's if he's putting these guys into position to make plays, they're making the plays, and he's making them money. Because that's really what what it's ultimately about. These players, it's their career. Yes, they do want to win, clearly. But for a lot of these guys, it's about, like, getting out on the field, getting these reps, doing well, making money, like, having a career. And if Sirianni's a good head coach and does that for them, they're going to absolutely love him. The question is, when things go bad, how much are they going to stick by him? And I think what this quote shows is he faces just a bit of an uphill battle because he is an unknown and, and, and all those things. I don't think the players are thinking, well, he's never called coaches. I think they're probably, I'm sorry, never called plays. They're probably just like, oh, he's, you know, a little enthusiastic. And look, he's wearing Brandon Graham shirt. Like, that's kind of funny, right? But I think ultimately if he can coach, he seems like he'll be able to relate to the players enough where he'll have that part down. It's just a matter of the X's and O's and whether he can do that. Yeah, and look, there is the other aspect to it for getting the Nick Sirianni-specific part, and this is the other thing that Michael Robinson talked about, and you know it's something that I've believed, and I I believe Nick Sirianni can overcome it, but the idea of him being brought in as a yes-man. Michael Robinson puts that out there and says, I think Howie Roseman hired this guy to be his yes-man, flat out, you know, danced around it, but says it flat out. I think that that's part of the reason this guy was hired, and I definitely think that too. Uh, Nick Sirianni has won me over, but I definitely think part of the reason he was hired is because it is someone that the front office can control, can, you know, maneuver around and all that type of stuff. So that is something where you do have to take that into account because players aren't stupid. Players know what's going on with their team. And that is, we still don't know, you know, how bad the dysfunction is. You are much less concerned about the dysfunction in the building than I am. 
But right. But if it I don't is, think there's dysfunction, I, so uh, and yeah. I think there's lots of dysfunction. Right. So so if that case, if there is dysfunction and players know there's dysfunction, that could be a concern for Sirianni in that sense as well, and that that's something that Robinson touches on. Yeah, and I wonder with the whole yes men thing, um, is that just a narrative that Michael Robinson has heard? You know, and so he's like he. I think that's just what people say about him at this point, right? Like, I, I think that originally there was you know, people that cover the team every day or even, you know, Eagles fans that talk about it every day that can form an opinion like that was it. And then it snowballs and it keeps going and then people hear it and then the next person hears it. And all of a sudden it's like the national media's perspective is that Sirianni is a yes man. I just, I disagree with the fact that he's a yes man. And I, and, and then I also don't even think it's bad that they hired somebody that they think they'll get along with. Like the Eagles have been at their but best. You know, when, there's a when, difference between get along with and well, control. Can you explain to me the difference though? Like, I, like yes, in all yes, yeah, yes. I, that a, a person they can control is someone they can tell to do things and say and and have influence on things they should not have influence on. Again, we like, go back to that Doug Peterson reference. Like they should not be taught. They should not be coming back from a game and Jeffrey Lurie saying you ran the ball too much. Like that kind of stuff shouldn't happen. Like, Nick Sirianni should be able to call the plays, period. He's the head coach. Yeah. Like, I don't need Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman involved in play calling. Like, it's that type so, of stuff. And if it's a yes man and someone who's going to cater to them in that way, that's a real concern. So I was thinking about this uh, driving around today. I was running all types of errands that Kristen had me running. Um, so the the game where Lurie apparently said to to Doug, like, you need to run the ball more after a win. If I'm not mistaken, that was that was the Green Bay game, right? It was after the Green Bay Correct. game. Correct. That was 2019? Correct. Was that 2019? So, like, didn't a few weeks later they go to Buffalo and run the ball a ton and win a game? Well, that or, was – am I wrong? You're not wrong, but it, that was because it was incredibly windy that day and they, they pretty right, much had right. to. Like, there, there were mitigating okay. factors in that game. Okay. So – to your point, I agree the head coach should be calling plays. I do. I agree that the coaching staff should have the majority of the say on who's active on game day. I do, though, believe in a collaborative approach. I do think having the front office in on these discussions makes sense. I do think that if you're talking about the 47th or 48th, whatever the number is, on game day, like I think that there is some logic to the front office being like, look, this guy's a draft pick. Like We want to see him out on the field. Like So if you take the names out of it, right, I, I do think there is logic to a, collaborate, a collaborative approach, right? I And... I think that because the Eagles job wasn't super attractive that they didn't get like no, no one they were going to hire. Oh, sorry. Everyone they were going to hire was going to be viewed as a yes man. Right. Like who could they have hired where you have said they're going to have complete control? Josh McDaniels. I guess, but we don't know that. Like, so you no, think they but were going to give from a perception perspective, like, look, we don't know in any case, like maybe Nick Sirianni isn't a yes man. I think he is, or at least hired yeah. for partially for that. Like, I don't know. We don't know, but I would guess Josh McDaniels with the cachet he has, the experience in the league and his history, would not be someone who was willing to, you know, who at least would be perceived as a yes man. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, my my opinion on this isn't completely formed, which is maybe why it sounds like I'm back and bouncing back and forth. But I just, I don't think Nick Sirianni being somebody that is going to like not be combative with Howie and Lurie, I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, to your point, like, yes, I do want Sirianni to have say over certain things that head coaches should, right? I do. Uh, but then again, like, I also agree with Jeffrey Lurie. Like, you do win in the NFL by by throwing the ball. Like, you do, right? And I don't know the context of that meeting. It seems like, based off the reporting, Doug didn't take it well. But I, I just don't know. So, you know, I, I'm not completely locked in on my opinion on this. I just... I don't. I don't think the narrative of painting Sirianni like a yes man is fair yet. Maybe that's what it's. Be, maybe that's what it becomes. But until there's problems, I don't know why we have to view that as a concern. Well, uh, I mean, you do know why though. <laughs> we just went through it. I mean, well, but, it, all but the, it hasn't happened yet. But it but did. It, it, it just happened. Like we just went through it. Like we just. That's what went, I'm saying with Sirianni. Right. With but, Sirianni. but you understand why when we just went through with Doug, it's a concern for the next guy too, especially with the way Doug left, with all the stories, with all the issues. Like you can understand. Right. Like you might not feel that way, but you can understand why it would be a yes. concern for Eagles fans who believe this is dysfunctional. Yeah, I, I guess I just. I, just because I disagree, but yes, I mean, yes, I, I will, I will concede. This. Thank you. Yes, wow, I, what a miracle! Yeah. 
conceding a, 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 a clear point. There's a factual I mean, look, factual honestly, thing. we could go back and forth on this for much yeah, longer. Which but. I'm sure we will and we'll continue to. Ultimately, look, I, I with the sense of, of the, I'm not concerned too much about Sirianni and, and these comments because, like you said, I think if he's a good coach, it won't matter. You know, if he's a good coach, it'll all sort itself out and players will like him and players will respect him and all that type of stuff. And we just yeah. don't know if he's going to be a good coach or not. But I do, and I think it's the big difference between us and why you're more optimistic about the team in general and all that is that I'm still very, very, very concerned about the power structure of this team, the the, the dysfunction within the organization. Like, that stuff is not just gone for me because Doug's gone. Like, I, I'm, I'm still incredibly concerned about Laurie and Howie. I am. Well, it's my biggest, so, my single biggest right. concern with the Philadelphia Eagles is the guys at the top. And the reason it's such an interesting debate and why we always seem to come back to it is, on one hand, yes, I see your point. On the other hand, it's so f- crazy to me to think that your biggest concern is a power structure that won them a Super Bowl. Like, think about that, right? I so know, I see your point hundred percent. I know. But but like at the same time, like, and I hear it on the radio, it's not just you. Like John Ritchie feels this way, like lots of people, right? They're like, I don't know, they can't win like this. When they've literally only ever won. Well, like no, this. no, no, and no, no, granted, no, no, they were great again, with Andy Reid. Again, right saying. now they can't win because of the roster as much as anything. But in my opinion, well, I we'll mean we'll see about that. Right. Yeah, we'll we obviously that. disagree on how much they're gonna win. Obviously, <laughs> we know. But I, I do right. think that I'm talking more macro, like my biggest concern with the organization moving forward. And look, again, I, I, you know, I think there was a lot of luck involved in them winning 2017. I would say far more luck than anything else. So, you know, I, I, it is, it is certainly repeatable because it already happened. I just don't expect it to be repeatable with this structure, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, win, winning a Super Bowl is super hard. You know, right. they could I'm have the best structure I'm talking just success, though. I'm and, talking like yeah. high-level success. I'm concerned. So here's a big, here's a big picture picture question that is actually maybe an entire pod, but I'll oh, throw good. it out to you. Love you, a good. You can love. answer quickly. Maybe we can move on. Yes. Like so, obviously, with the with the assumption that look, like winning a Super Bowl is really hard, and I don't think that's going to dictate success. Much like I believe the process was a was a success, despite the fact that they have not won a championship with doing it. Right. Like a championship, although it's the ultimate goal, I think is not always the ultimate indicator of whether or not a plan worked out or whether or not somebody's good at their job. I agree job. with that. So what I would ask you is like, what over the next three years would you need to see from the Eagles to say like, you know what, Howie and like Howie, Sirianni, Lurie, like they they actually did they they surprised me. They did better than I thought. Okay, this is an outstanding question. I'm Thank going you. to answer it, and this is could be much larger and stuff. But exactly, I'll, so yeah, I'll give yeah. you a, I'll give you a quick answer first. Let me remind everyone: download the Park Casino Sportsbook mm. app if you've not done it yet. We have been having just the best time. Uh, with the the basketball playoffs, uh, Elliot and I betting on the home run derby. You know, we're just well. The uh, whatever the we funniest can do. part. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. The funniest part about that was I wasn't even going to bet the home run derby, and then we started texting about it, and I ended up tripling down on my guy <laughs> throughout the derby multiple times. And we're, look, I got a Pete Alonso take for the Parks Pod. Yeah, and I know you feel that same way too. Yes, yes. I, I, uh, me. With my history and my Twitter experience, yes. my my tweet, so to speak, not betting on Pete Alonzo, one of the great shames of my betting career, as it was Very such shame. an obvious karma type of bet to make. And I didn't, and I blew it. And and that's on me, Elliot. I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life. I'll never forget. Honestly, it. it's on me too, though. I should have thought about we should, it. We both so should have. I'll both take should've. some blame. But yeah. here's the thing. You know what? I didn't bet on Pete Alonzo. But I had a blast watching the home run derby anyway because I had money on it. That was it. I couldn't have cared less, but then I put some money on it, and it was my favorite thing in the world for three hours. And that's the beauty of gambling on sports, on having a little action on these games. And with the Park Casino Sportsbook app, you could do everything. It's not just the home run derby, obviously, but the basketball playoffs, you know, baseball. You could do every single night. You could do futures. You could do individual player performances and you know, uh, uh, basketball, like points and rebounds, assists, baseball, hits, home runs, strikeouts, anything and everything, live in-game betting, parlays, props, teasers. Did I say parlays? Parlays. You could do it all. Parks With parlays. The Parks parlay, baby. We could do it all. And uh, and it's it's a 
blast using it. It's intuitive. It's fun. It's easy to use. And here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500, a $500 risk-free bet. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com forward slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com forward slash PA. And use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Do it now. Your risk-free bet is up to $500. Risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, great question before. What would it take over the next, let's say, three years for me to be back on in this back in on this power structure? And I know that I keep coming back to this. I've said this a million times or whatever, but these draft classes need to hit. First and foremost, mm-hmm. like I need young, talented players to believe in moving forward. And look, you know, I'm optimistic about this class. I'm the, the hashtag Dickerson yeah, guy the, out here. Dickerson I'm guy. out here fighting for it. I'm out here getting how he's back with this Dickerson pick. I love Gainwell. Obviously, Devontae Smith, we both think is a, a legit, legit star in the making. So, like, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this class. I'm excited. But I need to see draft picks turn into to real pieces for the team i need a couple blue chippers i need i need young talent and then i need to see how they maneuver around like i need to see this structure i need to see nick sirianni and see if they let him be him if we hear these stories if this stuff keeps coming out like these leaks all these issues like i need that to stop i need that to stop for me to believe in this this structure and then again obviously success on the field is is an always factor yeah, so it sounds like for you it's the draft. Yep. Like you need to see the draft play out because I also think the draft picks playing out, like the organization has to be functioning, you know, at a yeah, high level. Yeah, because you have to develop these like guys. It, they they go they exactly Elliot. They go hand in hand. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I think I think that's fair. For me, it's a little more result oriented. I agree that look, the draft picks certainly matter, and you said it as well. What the product on the field matters too. So maybe I'm taking much more of a macro sense than than you are with this. But I think they got to win the division at least once in the next, honestly, two years for me to be like uh, thinking this is going in the right way. If they don't win the division either of the next two years, and I guess they could maybe make the playoffs. So I guess I'll. I'll yeah, yeah. If, if like for if some reason, yeah, and for some know. reason the NFC East is good all of a sudden, and we didn't expect. Yeah, which it. I don't think is going to happen. I don't either. Yes, I think they have to be in the playoffs once the next two years. If they don't make the playoffs either of the next two years, then I'll, I'll like hands up. I'm wrong. I was okay. wrong about this. I like this. So we have our parameters. This is good. There's a way to yeah. track this. I just, man, I just wanted to be good so bad, Elliot. I. I've oh, never me, wanted to be wrong about anything more in my life. Like, I, I don't want to be right. I just want them to be good, especially this year. Like, we've talked about it a lot, but with the whole Sixers thing and the Phillies, I know they're getting hot a little bit, but they're, you know, still disappointing for the most part. Like, there's just so little excitement right now in, in the sports that I love, that I live and die with on a daily basis. Like, the Eagles being good and being competitive and actually competing for something, like obviously not the Super Bowl yet, but like a division and a playoff spot, like, man, Elliot, like from a a, a morale perspective for our city and our sports teams, like, man, it would mean so much. Yeah, and look, I'm the guy that now basically three times a week goes on WIP and says I think they're going to be good. So clearly, <laughs> yes, you, know, you would like them to be clearly, good. Yeah, it would be very good for me, but it would just be exciting. Like last year sucked, you know. Like I shouldn't say sucked because it's always fun when they play, and I enjoy interacting. Well, with I think you can actually things. say just period. Last year sucked, and I think everyone on oh, the yeah, planet would agree. Right. But yeah. yes, I know your point. But yes, like it would just be awesome if they were super good. Like I keep thinking to how I'm gonna feel in Atlanta, Week One. Jalen Hurts takes the field, like. Ugh, I'm just going to be so like a combination of excited, nervous, like, you know, if they go three and out, I'm going to be sitting there like, oh, Elliot, you're going to get effing roasted for this whole season. Or if they score a touchdown, I'm going to be unbearable on Twitter, just unbearable, you know? So like I just, or I should say Instagram because I'm off Twitter, but I'm just very excited to see what happens. And I agree with you. Like I just, I, I want them to be good because I think it would be so much more exciting for everybody involved. Yeah. It, it just... Man, they got a, a shot here to kind of really grab some excitement to really, and you know, people are always excited about the Eagles. It's never like, oh, you know, they could take the town. It's their town. Right. They own this town. But there's a real moment here where I think 
people could get more excited than they thought with this Eagles team, and and they just got to win some games. Well, it could turn quickly because people are down on them. So like exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, joint practices. Let's let's bounce around a couple little things I want to get into before we get out of here. Um, joint practices. You said before it's like your favorite thing in the world. These joint practices. Tell people why they should be excited about this happening. And by the way, for those who don't know, the Jets and the Patriots, prior to those games, they'll be doing joint practices with both teams. As far as I can remember, Elliot, the first time they've done two in a yeah. in a, in a training camp uh, period. Uh, let people know why why they should be as excited as you, Elliot. Because training camp joint practices are the best. Like, <laughs> it's the best. Like, the other, other team comes here. You see the first team versus the second team. The starters versus starters. The backups versus the backups. They do 11-on-11 11 11 with all you know, basically uh, 130 players standing on the sideline watching, right? Like, you get to see Jalen Hurts go against somebody else uh, that's not the Eagles' defense. There's no more excuses of, like, well, Devontae Smith looks great because he's going against Eagles' secondary or, you know, whatever. Like, you, it's, it's basically a two-day uh, preseason game. Now, I understand people listening are not going to get to watch this, so, right? But, like, it'll be a great chance to really get to see what this team is. And I'd also say... That, you know, we started this pod talking about Sirianni is like, what's he going to be and all this. Mr. Preach's competition is backing it up here. You know, like he's getting two teams go against in practice. He is clearly this is a competitive thing. Like that is the one thing that joint practices really are. They're extremely competitive. There's trash talk guys competing against for roster spots, going against other guys from different teams. They don't even know competing for roster spots. So it's it's just the best. And uh, I'm I am. Give Sirianni credit for for doing it twice because I, I think it's going to make them a better team and better prepared for Week One. I love your enthusiasm and excitement for it. It's it Can't fills wait. me with with excitement hearing how excited yes. you are. It's a beautiful thing. Can't wait. All right. Can't wait. Um, and actually, one more quick thing. Yes, I will say. please. In twenty seven in twenty seventeen, the Dolphins came to Philly and they did joint training training camp practices. Two important. Two important things happened there. Yes. One, the Eagles got a really good look. Yeah, the Eagles got a really good look at Jay Ajayi, and they ended up trading with for him later in the year. And uh, um, how he said, like the fact that we got an up close look at him at our facility for a few days, like aided in that, right? So I, I think that now, if you're looking at you know trade partners, the Jets and uh, Patriots, like keep an eye out for them. But two. Carson Wentz absolutely lit up the Dolphins in those practices. Like he was amazing. They, the the Dolphins could not stop the Eagles' offense. Carson was was unbelievable, and we all know what he ended up, went out and did that year. So I, I do think that this can be a, a, a good indicator of what the team looks like. Love it, love it. All right, uh, quickly an update to the original story we were talking about to start the pod. Uh, so Sports Radio WIP uh, ninety four WIP might have heard of it. Um, tweeted yes. out. Uh, the quote that we talked about, quote unquote, from uh, Michael Robinson. I'm not going to say any names, but I know some guys in that locker room who they question this guy and they question if he can truly lead this team. Well, that tweet has been quote tweeted, Elliot. Oh, boy. By a Philadelphia Eagle. Oh. Mr. Lane Johnson quote tweets it and mm. says, say the names then. Enough with this BS hiding hashtag fake news. So, all right, wow. obviously I love that Lane's, you know, going for it. But I actually do think this matters in the sense that this is Lane Johnson publicly saying, I don't believe this. I don't believe there are players in our locker room who are saying this now. I do think that is notable, if nothing else, Elliot. Well, at the very least, he's sticking up for him. Yeah. Right? I mean, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to by any stretch. I mean, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a strong indicator of what I said, which is guys seem to like him so far, and I think that really matters. Yeah, I'm in on it. Way to go, Lane. All right. Um, speaking of the joint practice, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna retweet Lane. How you about should. that? Should why should you know what? How about this, Elliot? Let's see this. Let's see this. Look, what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this together. Hold on. Hold retweet on. Retweet him at the same time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So people listening to the pod, it won't be as fun for them. Because they're going to go back and be like, oh, you know, whatever. But here we go. Ready? All right. You got it ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. On three. One, two, three. Retweet is what I'll say. One, two, three. Retweet. Boom. 
Done. We there did it. it. I actually saw the number go up from 884, 883 to 884. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That was fun. Boom. I, I enjoyed it. Well, that. I, I'm glad that we got Lane's comment on this before the pod ended. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. And people, you can see that we retweeted it. Believe us. Um, all right. Uh, back to the Patriots. One of the two teams they will have joint practices with. A first-round pick from the Patriots, Elliot, could or could not be on the field for those joint practices for either team. Nikhil Harry, would you? Mm. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I think that there's almost any receiver's name you could tell me, and I would say yes. <laughs> uh, because, look, I want Devontae Smith to get a lot of snaps. I guess I want Rager to get a lot of snaps. I mean, just because you almost have to. Got to know. But I don't think he, like, deserves – like, I don't think he, like, week seven should be getting still a ton of snaps. I, I get, like, week one or two, you know, give him a chance. But, um, but you know, Harry is 6'4". Harry could come in here and be a good complement to, to Devontae Smith. He, he could be – he could take snaps away from J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, or Travis Fulgham. Like, you put him in that competition. Now, I guess it depends what – you're trading for him. Like I, I wouldn't trade a third round pick for him or anything like that, but I would consider a fourth. I would probably do, I would almost definitely do a fifth and then sixth or seventh for sure. But um, I would take a chance on him. I mean, look, he, he did have bad quarterback play. Like Cam Newton started off hot. He got COVID and then it really seemed to impact him, but he's not a good quarterback play. The, the last year he played with Tom Brady, Brady didn't play that well. And that team was a mess. So I, I think that, a change of scenery could work for him, and I don't think you know truly what he is yet. So I would definitely take a chance on him. So, I mean, it would be fun to have two receivers who were taken ahead of DK Metcalf. That could just be a fun storyline to follow. Look, I'm generally with you. I would absolutely not give up a fourth. Um, fifth is my line. I think I'd do a fifth. I think so. Um, sixth or seventh, mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely would. I'm just not a huge Nikhil Harry fan. Um, you know, what I've seen is just... He comes off as slow to me, but but to your point, you know, I mean, we're talking about J.J. Arthur Whiteside and Travis Fulgham being a starter on this team. So, like, would I take the guy who was a first-round pick a couple years ago and, and, and take a shot? Yeah. Yeah, I do that. And the, the few plays I've seen Nikhil Harry make in the NFL have been better than the plays I've seen J.J. make, you know, from that perspective. Yep. and. Look, I know Belichick, drafting wide receivers of all the great things that he has done, that has been like his Achilles heel. It's kind of unbelievable how bad, or at least early wide receivers. He's great at getting the, the you know, uh, Julian Edelman types late in drafts. Um, but early in the drafts, like he's just been, a, he's just been bad at it. So I, I, if I had to bet, I don't think Nikhil Harry is going to be a successful NFL player long term. But I, I'm with you, man. I, I think in this position, this spot, I think you absolutely take a shot on that guy. All right. One more Eagles thing, and then an Eagles tangential thing, and then I want to check in on something. Uh, Zach Ertz, I know we talk about it a million times, and we're not going to do the same thing. Uh, Joe DeCamera phrased the question interestingly, in my eyes, to you on the Midday Show today, because it's always like, all right, Zach Ertz, is, he's, he's, he's still here. What's going to happen? And it's, you know, we don't know at this point, right? <laughs> okay, we get it. Right. Like, we still think Zach Ertz probably won't be an Eagle to start the, to be on this season, but, like, who knows? But... The way Joe phrased it, I thought was interesting because we are two weeks from training camp and he is still an eagle. So I will ask you the same question that Joe DeCamera asked you. If Zach Ertz is still an eagle in two weeks, will he report to training camp? I believe he will. I do think he'll show up um, for a couple of reasons. One, I just don't think he'll want to miss practices like flat out. I just don't think he'll want to stay at home. Uh they can find him and I think they would find him because he's if he stays away it means he's probably you know not I would say that that would I guess hurry up him not being on the team I don't know but I I believe if he is on the roster unless they excuse him but if he is on the roster and they're expecting him to to go I think he will go wow um I'm not sure I don't know to be honest I think it's it's a weird one, right? In the sense of kind of as we've talked about how they've treated him, how he feels they've treated him, and and does he make a statement by not showing up? I could see him making a statement and saying, "I'm not a Philadelphia Eagle anymore. Get rid of me by not showing up." Um, but again, but then you, what's he gonna do? I know, like, man. I'm with you. I, I, I. It's a tough situation. I feel bad for Zach. It sucks. Look, I mean, as bad yeah. as you can feel for somebody who's making eight million dollars this year or whatever it is. Like I, you know. Well, and he did turn the contract down. He did. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, and I'm not saying it was a bad decision at the time because 
he's been a model of consistency and whoever saw nobody saw that coming so it i think it, you know it was unexpected obviously but he did like he did turn the contract down if he accepts the contract he's locked into this team for a while like who knows maybe they don't sign resign goddard like who knows but so he's his decision to not turn a con to turn the contract down like did kind of start all this yeah it's another good point. So and it wasn't even a terrible contract offer, right? Yeah. I mean, and I look, was, in hindsight, you know, in the moment you could say it wasn't a mistake because of, you know, where he was and what he could get and all that. But like in hindsight, it clearly was a mistake. Like Zach Ertz is not gonna get what the Eagles offered him on the market, like now. Right. You know? So yeah. um, all right. Uh you got any other Eagles stuff before I move on to something tangentially Eagles? Nope. Okay. So you wrote an article. Jason mm. Kelsey. I guess it was on our site. I'm not going to say you wrote it. I think you might have. But either way, it was on our site. Um, Jason Kelsey, talking about Nick Foles. An amazing beer chugger. Oh, yeah. So, first and foremost, do you believe it? Yeah, because Nick Foles excels at everything he does. Yeah, I feel like Nick Foles is just great at everything. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. And I want you to really think about it. Do you think Nick Foles could beat me in a beer chugging competition? Yes. Oh, buddy, it's the wrong answer. I mean, I've never seen you chug a beer. The wrong answer. So, uh, I so mean, there Nick aren't, Foles is there like aren't, six six. There aren't many things that I will, you know, spout off about, as they say. I'm someone who, you know, unless I'm like really great at something, I don't earmuffs talk shit about it. Like I'm not like a, a like shit me. talker. Yeah, I yeah, kind of like you. Exactly like you. Uh, I I never do that. Like, it's not my, I'm not like, oh, I'm great at this. I could chug, man. I could chug. I'm, I'm like, how, like, what are we talking? So car bombs are my specialty. You know, the, the shot. I've never done a car bomb. Oh, but go ahead. Elliot. It's, you know, so every, most people know shot half Jameson, half Bailey's dropped into a Guinness. Like I, I am elite, 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 elite at car bomb races. There are actually listeners to the pod who have seen me out and about. And I mentioned this in the past and other spots and have seen me do car bombs and they will all agree. Like I am unbelievable at it. And that does like how many seconds are we talking? Like a second. I will finish a a pint in a second. No, it's like, I I would bet you like one of those, like, I'm not kidding. Like you put your head back and boom, done. Like boom, boom. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm amazing at it. So, as, you know, maybe Nick Foles' biggest fan, among Nick Foles' biggest fan, a friendly invite or offer, you and me, Nick, whenever you want. Hmm. Let, let's do a little beer chugging competition. Let's see who really is the GOAT when it comes to that. What do you think? Do you think you could beat Jason Kelsey? I think I could beat... Uh, so, again, this is one of those things where I, I go into any of these with anybody saying I think I will beat them, yes. So I think I'll beat Jason Kelsey, yes. I think I'll beat anybody. I'm sure there are people out there who aren't. So I, I know one person, my buddy Donnie, one time ever tied me in a car bomb race. One time. I've never lost mm. in my life, and I've been tied once. And it's by my buddy Donnie. So I know my buddy Donnie's good too. So, you know, I know there are people out there who are as good as me. I've yet to meet someone better. Just saying. So I am, I kid you not. The worst beer chugger <laughs> on the face of the planet. That's, like, I, I, I can see that, yes. I can chug water, but like when it comes to beer, I, I can't drink beer for more than, I, I don't know, I could like, if I was really like milking it and taking small sips, like maybe five, six seconds. <laughs> oh like I God. like, I, I cannot chug a beer at all. Wow. So it's good to know that if we ever went against another pod. Yeah. In a beer chugging competition that you would be our representative. Got us chugging funnels, a big funnel. You love the funnels, you know? Never done a funnel. Oh my God, Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. Well, I couldn't, I'm telling you, I couldn't do it. Like I would throw up. Oh, funnels are the best. Big funnel guy. Can you do an entire beer through a funnel? So the most I've ever done through a funnel is two Coors Light Tall Boys plus a shot of vodka at the same time. That's the most I've ever done in my history of chugging. I probably could have done that's, more. I never tried. So I've also two tall never, boys at once. Uh, I'm talking like two tall boys and a shot of vodka in there. Yeah, yeah. that's insane. I've I've never done. I've never shotgunned a beer. Oh my god, Elliot! What are we doing with our lives here? Why? why I yeah, Elliot. It's just not my happen. strength. I'm not good at drinking things quickly. 
Other than water. <laughs> other than water. Other than water. Okay. Yeah. Well, all, now, right. all right. So back to the Jason Kelsey. Thing. Yes. Do you do you, so? I do believe it, but you think he's just saying it to like grow the legend of it Nick could Foles? Be. Like That's it's why like I a asked joke you. at this it point. It could be. It could be. You know, just like anything you can think of to kind of throw in there. You know. Right. Oh, you didn't. Nick, you didn't know Nick Foles a classically trained pianist. True story. <laughs> Pla- you can play. I mean, there's nothing. You can play Beethoven like nothing anything. you've ever heard in your life. Like the man sits down. It's like Beethoven is playing through him. It's amazing. Um, I think so I, should, I like I like that as un- a thing. By the way, just just Nick Foles. Like, I know. It's, it's like the Chuck Norris stuff. We should make Nick Foles into the Chuck Norris of Philadelphia sports. And it's Nick so Foles. Perfect, just... Nick Foles tears cure cancer. Too bad Nick Foles has never cried. There it is. But it's it's so funny because Nick Foles, like from my interactions with him at least, is such like a the most gentle, unassuming nice, dude. Yeah, like, dude, <laughs> like dude. I've told you this before. Like, like Nick, like. Nick the Nick and Brandon Graham, the two my two favorites of all time because of just how wonderful they were as people to me, like sweet human yeah. beings. Like Nick Foles, I, I'm sure I've said this before. Like Nick Foles, literally, when I worked for the Eagles, I probably met him once. Like the dude walked halfway across the locker room to me shook my hand and be like, hey, man, just want to check in and see how you're doing, how things are going for you here. And I'm like, wow, you never told me I'm that like, story. what? Like, and he was a backup at the time. Like, it was his rookie season. So he was still a young guy on the team and stuff. But it was just like one of those, like, what? what's happening right now? Like, how are you like? And did you say, did you say I would smoke you in a beer chug competition? I did. That, that's I did. He on. thought it was a weird yeah. segue. He didn't know where it was coming from, but he ran with it. It was cool. It's nice. So I got I got something else unless you have another no, thing. Well, I had one other d- non-Eagles thing. So go ahead. All right. So this is football related. I just saw this on Twitter. I don't know how valid it is. But it looks like Fox 5 is talking about potential names for the Washington football team. Ooh. Do, you want me to, do you want me to run through? There's oh, five. Oh, you know I do, buddy. All right. The Washington Monarchs. It's okay. It's not bad. I think it sounds like a like – a, You'd play them in a video game where they can't use the real names type of thing. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, Monarch, you know, we're in America, so, you know, it doesn't yeah. play as well. It's okay. Um, I, don't, I don't like, I'm not going to laugh at it, but I'm not going to love it. Washington presidents. I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, it's horrendous. Like, well, I mean. The prezes, we call the them the prezies, the dents. What would the logo be? Like George Washington? Yeah. Like, I, I, who would, you'd have to pick someone like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it, for sure. It'd be pretty funny if, if if they were the Washington presidents and they had to change their logo with the president. Oh, be amazing. <laughs> you be know, like amazing. it would be terrible in a lot of ways, but it would also just be funny. All right. Washington Red Wolves. Nope. I like that the best of the three. Like ah, if I had to pick, but, but I But like I don't Red like Wolves, it. like first of all, I like I don't love the the moniker like just go with the wolves. Like, you know, like Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, I like, can see that. Just go yeah. with the Wolves. Like, the Wolves is good enough. I don't need the specification. I don't need the Red well, Wolves the part. What's the connection there? That, that, like, are Red Wolves? No. No, it's just I'm sure it's a color scheme thing. I'm sure it's like, oh, we can keep our colors. Oh, Let's go yeah, Red Wolves true. instead of Wolves. That's my guess. Although they're Which burgundy. makes it lamer. They are burgundy. All right. Next one. Washington Commanders. <laughs> it's kind of corny. Yeah. I, I don't hate Commanders by itself. I hate the Washington Commanders. It doesn't work. All right. Washington Renegades. It's okay. Renegades is good. It's a good name. I like Renegades. Now, what do you think your reaction would be if Philadelphia was starting a football team and That's you heard the point. name might be the Philadelphia Eagles? That's a real... Uh, it's a good point, too. I'd actually probably say it makes sense. Philadelphia, Eagle, America. Let's go. Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. It's one short word, which I like. You know, I don't think it has to be like this. Yeah, I would say I like it better than any of those for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. president is just silly. Presidents is the worst by far. Presidents is a disaster. I really hope they name it the presidents. Picking I'm, a name all for a sports it. team has to just be the worst because you know no matter what you pick, you're just going to get mocked mercilessly for the first, like, month. Oh, There's buddy. no name Washington could pick where in the internet would go, oh, wow, they knocked that one out the park. That's awesome. Mm. No name. I mean, Washington Wolves, by the way, is not bad. There's alliteration there as I'm thinking about the Washington Wolves. It's okay. Um, wolves don't feel like a football no, thing. No, and also that. it just doesn't feel like a Washington thing. Like, are there a bunch of wolves right. in Washington? I don't think so. I mean, I guess, you know, if you're taking it as like a metaphor. Are there woods around there? Metaphor I mean, it could be, you know. 
Oh, yeah. Political true. wolves Political out statement. there. Yeah. yeah. Didn't think about that. They're going deep with this. There thing. it is. I like it. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. See how Daniel Snyder yeah. screws it up. Washington football team, they should just stick with that. I but. honestly think it's better. I kind of like the football team. I do, too. Yeah, the FT. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, last thing. Um, recommendations. We haven't done this in a while, but I rewatched a movie that I had just, I'd forgotten how great it was. I'd forgotten that it is legitimately one of the all-time best movies, certainly one of the best action movies of all time, and I'm guessing you haven't seen it, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Elliot, all right. have you seen Terminator 2 before? Yes, but I was like, I don't know. I mean, not nine, but I was, I was very young. I forgot how great. So it's been a long time. Terminator Two. I do remember liking them a lot. It I is amazing. Like better Terminator that. Two is a. It's better than one, and Terminator One's good. It's just slow now. Like it isn't. It's a little more dated. But Terminator Two, if you haven't watched it in a while, if you're my age, like I was nine, ten, you know, 81, 91 when it came out, and like I saw it in the theaters, and it's obviously since that day, you know, mammoth to me because you see that movie in the theaters and it like changes everything. It's just like holy. Shit. I can't believe Nicely I saw done. that. Yeah. Um, you could see that coming. Um, but I uh recommendation. If you haven't watched Terminator Two in a while, go go watch Terminator Two. It's fantastic. Was that so the good. one where he like dates the the kid's mom? No, that is the first one. Okay. So I heard thinking not... the first one was pretty good too. Yeah, they're both great. They're both great. Yeah. Um also finished. Did you there. like them better than Robocop? Oh yeah, definitely better than Robocop. Okay. I, I like remember Robocop. liking Robocop better. Robocop's but... good. Robocop's good. As a younger kid, I could see that. Terminator's definitely better. So anyway. Fair enough. And I finished Mayor of Easttown. Loved it. It's great. Very good. Well, it's so funny. So we're we're about to do Go Birds Radio this past Saturday. And you're like, oh, I finished Mayor of Easttown. I'm like, bro, that, that <laughs> thing's been done for I like know. <laughs> five weeks. I'm like, so like, far what? behind on all of these. That's, that's the way I roll, Elliot. It was, a, you, it was a good ending. I mean, I, I don't want to ruin it. Although, no. honestly, it's like so old at this point, I don't think it's even a spoiler, but we won't spoil it. But it was it was a good ending. Yeah, it, one of those where everything ties together, which is really good. You know, it felt like the yeah. puzzle yeah, pieces fit, so to speak, which which I'm a fan of. You got any recommendations before we get out of here? Anything you're watching these days? Honestly, I'm just watching Below Deck like all the time. Of course on you Bravo. are. There, there's like Below Deck Sailing Yacht, Below Deck Med, the regular Below Deck we're on below. We're on season four of the original Below Deck, but at the same time, Below Deck Med is on, so oh. we're like, you know, shuffling in and out. Yeah, oh. so just Below um, Deck action. Yeah, I would highly recommend it for anybody that's not watched it. But no, that's really, and we don't really watch movies. I can't think of the last movie we watched. We did watch that movie actually. Uh, I I don't. It was it was about a, a uh, Asian family that moves to like Oklahoma, um, and he tries to grow a farm. Oh, Minari. Yes, we watched that wow. about like three weeks ago. You watching movies that aren't all in English and stuff like that? That was cool. Yeah, that well, that was super good. I very much. Minari's that. a really good movie. Yeah, nominated for best yeah, picture. Yeah, very good. And then I watched a really good documentary on Netflix. Um, I think it was called Carrie or something, but it was about uh, a woman, a woman who used to live in Paris. She moved to part of like Southern Ireland and was murdered. It's a documentary, Ooh. but it's three parts and it's super interesting. Um, and as weird as it sounds, it's like super comforting to fall asleep to. Cause it's like a bunch of like slow Irish music. And like, these, <laughs> it's really weird to say these people talking and like these really comforting. Yes, this accents. Mur- this the, murder the doc itself. is my favorite thing to nap. Yeah. to. It gets me in the mood. The plot itself is obviously upsetting, but it's very good. <laughs> and then I would recommend rewatch to fall asleep. So, okay. I like that's a weird. I like the first recommendation. The second part of it's a little weird. Yeah, but I like it. Big tired just thinking about it. I can hear it. All right, we'll get out of here. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Saturday, one to three on WIP. It will be me. Special guest, Jack Fritz. Fritzy is mm. returned to the Go Birds Airwaves. How about it? People have been demanding it. Yes. So we'll see if I can get him to not talk Phillies for two hours. It'll be good. Are you guys doing leading off? No, six o'clock game. So oh, nice little wow. right out. I guess they just saved that for the baseball. Yeah, guys. they saved that for you. I mean, we we wouldn't yeah. be leading off if Jack was there. It'd just be a exactly. You know, who cares? All people are there for is football takes. Let's be real, right? Hey, Amen. So check us out, and then next week, last week of pods before training camp. Let's go. We are right there, Elliot. Mm. We're gonna keep cranking them out. We'll be here 
We'll be there. We'll be all over. And uh, check us out on Saturday and our pods and all that. And we love you. We really do. Can't wait. He's Adam James. We'll see you later.